Welcome back, Rage Nation. Got myself Pete here. That's yeah. not really exciting. You got Senior Dixon. I don't think that's appropriate. And you got Monsieur Leopard. Explorers deserved it. No. Absolutely. I was disgusted. I cannot believe they've done this. Why is wacky? Why is that good? It's just nonsense. I disagree on that. That's not possible. <laughs> We're getting the band back together. We're on a mission. Yeah. Now, now we've got a whole new list of things to complain about. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We are at it again. We got myself Pete, and we are uh, going into Ten Thunder territory. We we got somebody who knows at least one of the keywords that we're talk about today with the <laughs> gong with uh, what's this? Uh, the, the Yoko Yuko Yoko Ono. <laughs> I tell you what, this is one of my favorite keywords, mostly because the models are just gorgeous with you know the flowing gowns and. You know just the uh, the beautiful paint jobs that you can do with this keyword but like i said we don't know a lot here at the rage but wire about the old uh the 10 thunders so we had to bring somebody in from the uh the europe to uh help us out we got nick on with us hey i'm super glad to be here on the podcast or on the show and yeah i hope to give some insight on my personal experience what i had with the uh, chi and gong Nice. Uh, keyword, yeah. But before we get into it, make sure that you guys are checking us out on YouTube. Uh, we definitely have videos coming out now. I got the uh, laptop back from the shop, so I can finally upload those videos that I have kind of queued. And we are only, I think, about 18 away from giving away a free box. So if you want a chance to win a free box, uh, just subscribe to the Rage Bow Wire YouTube channel. And then when we hit that 500, we're going to give away either a core crew box or we're going to give away a title box of your choice. So definitely subscribe, check that out. Uh, got probably two videos coming out in this next week. I'll just release them back to back. I'm not going to space them out for everybody. Uh, then you can check us out on Twitter and Instagram as well. And then finally, if you want to support us directly, you can go to patreon.com slash ragequitwire. You can support us for as little as a dollar. And we're trying to get that up to 50 patrons as well, because if we get it up to that many, uh, we have a goal on the page right now where we'll actually put out a weekly video if we get that many patrons. So if you want us to put out more video content, that's going to kind of spur us along there. So we'll get into this thing, though. Uh, Qi and Gong, I think the, <laughs> honestly, the thing that I like about this keyword the most is just, like I said, the models are kind of gorgeous. They play very differently. When you talk about Malifaux, how you can win games not just by killing or just differently, I feel like this keyword is definitely one of those where you, they might not win the way that you expect traditional crews to win. So, Nick, what do you really like about this keyword? Yeah, I mean, uh, the gowns are really crazy. And that was what first of us um, gave us the, the first hint to that keyword because my wife wanted to play this beautiful um yeah this beautiful minis and when i played against her it was like man this crew does a lot <laughs> the, yeah. this crew can do some shenanigans that others um yeah don't have the options to and especially with those pass tokens 
coming in, you can do a lot of stuff. And I, I'm kind of drawn to kind of control masters anyway. So nice. I was uh, super interested in Yuko and how she's going to play out. And yeah, she's got a lot of control elements um, that is not an obey. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's that was kind of nice. Um, and I think you have to think about Yuko and the Qi and Gong uh, in, in general in, in two phases because you kind of have the overdrive phase where you push out the pass tokens to gain the plus flips uh, whenever you can. And to, I, I call it the uh, sit back and wait uh, phase where you just let your opponent do the actions and let him play out and you are going to be reactive then. Uh, yeah, so that's in general what I think about it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I'd say it. It, it is definitely, and I, I almost feel like that's Ten Thunders in general. A lot of times, where it, it, Chi, Chi and Gong definitely, but Ten Thunders in general, I feel like do a really good job at reacting to what the opponent does. And I mean, you can react and kind of move or scheme, or you can send one of your beaters in to kind of pick off a weak model. I mean that's the crazy thing about this keyword where basically you can, you can either send something like Hinamatsu or bill in to kill something, <laughs> or you can just go scheme and, you know, you got Kabuki warriors and you got one of my favorite new models, Shoujo in the keyword. So it's definitely a really cool keyword. Yeah. And especially you have a vast array of versatile models you can bring in just to flesh out your crew and, oppose some of the crews that would normally have some kind of like a favorite matchup and with mm -hmm. the versatiles you can even that out quite quite often yeah and i think that 10 thunders in general just have some of the best versatiles in the game i just think that they have some really good tech picks and counter picks in their versatile pool which is really nice yeah absolutely even though um one of the highest cost models is gone or almost gone. Um, they have still a gigantic pool of good versatile models you can always bring yeah. to the table. Um, I mean, the emissary is always good. Um, yeah. The I, I I personally like little dragon. I call it always the little brother of the emissary, <laughs> so the dawn serpent. Um, yeah. Which is just. It, it can be frustrating to kill. Well, yeah, because you can like kill it and then it activates and it's like, cool, now I'm up full health again. And I put out, <laughs> I think it puts out burning when it heals. Yeah. Too. It's, yeah, it's, it's glorious and flying and you can oh, yeah. scheme with it. And yeah, it's awesome. So looking at Yuko 1, Yuko 1 was interesting and they actually just gave it a buff last year. So I'm curious to see what you thought of the buff and what really made Yuko 1 turn on if you if you like Yuko 1 if you got a lot of games in with Yuko 1 she she got some some nice additions uh some of her abilities were changed like almost completely but for me Yuko 1 was always lacking some a, a little bit because she was kind of the master who wanted to uh stay in at least 6 inches from the opponent yeah. still trying to stay alive in any way and most of the time you only had um, distracted 
for your defenses uh, because she's still defense five, which isn't that great. Um, I mean, she has serene continence and with distracted together, it's a double minus. So that can be a very good trick to um, stay alive, but she always has to be well in, in, in the thick of things to do yeah. anything or to do something. Yeah. And with blast markers, um, it isn't, that great all the time so yeah i i think she has um a lot of potential if you are going against some very aggressive crews um which cannot do anything against the distracted but yeah the the mental trauma trigger on the rills in the dark was one of the best things that um, yeah you could get on her yeah and i i feel like Yuko is one of those interesting keywords because when somebody drops Yuko one, especially the first time they play against her, I feel like there's a lot of issues there that you just aren't expecting. Uh, Serene Continence is one of them, but the Unseen Manipulator, where you're just down a card. So if you're not one of those privileged few masters that benefits from having, you know, Serene, or not Serene Continence, but the uh, Arcane Reservoir, where you get the extra card and even then you're down from seven to six. So it still doesn't feel great. Uh, it's just, it's annoying. Yeah. There, there are some keywords that just uh, laugh about the unseen manipulator, like uh, the EBS or um, yeah. the one eyed. It's like, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, I've got some rune tokens. Let's go with them. Yeah. So, yeah. I just, I also feel like this Yoko, like this, the triggers they've added with her, just puts out more distracting or distracted than it used to. Yeah. So I feel like that. So you're not only like you said, dealing with the serene continents, but you're also just dealing with the distracted. Plus, I mean, a lot of your models have, I guess they don't. The, the minus they, to the willpower. Yeah. Yeah. They do have that. Yeah. That's distraction. Yeah. Yeah. So it looks like you're just taxing the crap out of the crews that you're playing against. Yeah, absolutely. Which is, which is kind of nice, um, especially when you have a model with an execute trigger, for example. So you have the unseen manipulator and you're trying to tax your opponent all the time and flood him with um, simple duels. And then he always has to fear because of the past tokens that an execute would eliminate one of their models. So if you got a pretty nice beater with an execute, you are almost always guaranteed to burn two soul stones from your opponent, which is yeah, yeah kind of kind of hard, especially yeah, looks, when you've got. Looks a like you'd have to go out a keyword. I don't see anybody in keyword that has execute though. Yeah, yeah, you have to go out of the keyword. Okay, so we'll kind of go through what you like bringing with Yoko One. Uh, can you just? So she has a totem that's like this little weird geisha girl. Yeah. How do you like using her? What's her name again? It's um, it's Chio. Is it Chio? Yeah, it is Chio. So how do you like using her? Because she's not, you can use her to scheme. She's not insignificant. So how do you like using her? Yeah, she's she's perfect for claiming some of the, some of the points in the back of your line. And kind of strange to use her because i mean on the one hand she's got disguised and stealth but if she's on uh, the wrong side of the board or if there is a shock blast or anything like that um she's gone she's just yeah. gone <laughs> and i lost her like a couple of times in the first games pretty quickly so yeah that was kind of a problem that's why i think subterfuge doesn't 
come into play a lot of the time um, when yeah. the enemy drops a scheme marker. Yeah, you don't want her really in the thick of it. <laughs> no, no, not really, no. But uh, I really like uh, her to use her with a biting insult and the misinformation. And sometimes, especially with Yuko 2, I just let her run um, up on one of the sides with the emissary or the dawn serpent or hinamatsu or something like that just to get on the other side of the board yeah and just to gain those yeah very important two pass tokens extra and a lot of times when there is it is a close game those two pass tokens can turn that game around in turn three or four um so yeah that's that's pretty yeah, much and, and we're gonna see a lot with this keyword there is a ton of password or password pass token manipulation with this crew so it's not just the benefit of getting it but then there's also stuff you can do with it as well which is always interesting absolutely so i i like her um but i think it is not as obvious to use as some others totems are so yeah and 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 i just love biting insult yeah and there's been a couple of times where at the end because i have a buddy scott who plays this keyword and there's been a couple of times where it gets towards the end of the game and i'm like how did chio get on that side of the board in my deployment zone like <laughs> she'll, she'll just skirt around sometimes yeah i mean with with stealth and disguise um a pretty nice roadblock i use it's for... like do you really want to waste actions to kill this little totem yeah, I, I especially used her as an additional disguised model against the abduction tactics from Terra. From uh, Terra and thirty-three. Yeah, so you can you can position her so thirty-three can't um, place himself there uh, sometimes, and that's a nice roadblock. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. make him work around it. Yeah, that's fine. And I know you said you can you're like flexible and you you play this crew differently and reactionary. So what are some of the pieces that um, that you like bringing with this keyword and how do you like using them? So what are some of the like really like go-tos that you bring with this keyword? Yeah, so my my first go-to model I think is pretty obvious. It's uh, Hinamatsu. Um, Love Hinamatsu. Yeah, she's, she's crazy. She's just completely crazy. Um, just a filthy model. I mean, it's from Neverborn, right? So... <laughs> Yeah, they do have gross crap in Neverborn. I will agree with that. <laughs> so yeah, she she has to be good, kinda. Um, and yeah, it's just an outstanding model. All of her of her card is just absolutely amazing. Coming with armor two, um, leverage is the um, ability that you can use for uh, utilizing your pass tokens. She's fast she is flurry she has a sword with a plus um integrated and she's got yeah, stat six trigger. with a positive seems pretty good yeah and and especially if you think about it with uh the past tokens it can be a double positive yeah. so you can um attack yeah models with manipulative or with um serene continence without any problem and yep. you can still be pretty sure to to have the advantage there yeah, and she's got a lure with rip and tear. Not only the lure, she's move six with rush. Yeah, <laughs> she's quick, and especially in this crew where you can lure your own models. Yeah, she's like up the board in no time, and when she's going uh, full ham into the opponent, uh, she still has a very good tactical action, aggressive stance. 
Yeah. For a six, you can force your opponent within three, two, and she's on a forty millimeter base, so the pulse three is even a little bit bigger. Yep. On a TN thirteen willpower duel, or gain distracted one, and this crew loves distracted. So yep. yeah, she's she's crazy. Honestly, most times you can expect to get at least probably four attacks with her in activation. I think that's pretty average with her. I uh, think because the onslaught four, and flurry. Thanks, yeah, yeah, four, four to five is, is normally that. Um, yeah. Because with the uh, Yuko unseen, you've got a lot of uh, tools to gain the specific cards you want to have. So that's pretty, pretty nasty and pretty nice. Uh, yeah, <laughs> when when I played against a good friend of mine, he's playing uh, Outcast and a lot yeah. of times Terra. And he did this nothing beast pop out thingy and giving everything fast and two damage. And I had a very sculpted hand and I did not cheat for Hinamatsu, so she was fast. And I had a lot of fast tokens and just went in and did like five or six attacks on the Yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Hinamatsu can go can go. Yeah, if you're if you're playing Hinamatsu or not Hinamatsu, but if you're playing Yuko I feel like Hinamatsu is a great pick, but also it's a versatile model for Neverborn. So I'm like, dude, if you're playing Neverborn, this is just a great model to bring whenever. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I like her especially because of the armor too. Um, oh, because yeah. All of the other models you can bring pretty squishy, with Kingo right? are, are, are pretty squishy and have, well, I wouldn't say squishy, but they have other countermeasures for the yeah. opponent. Um, but she's just sitting there armor to uh let's go she's a good uh she's a good point you know model like good to kind of be the tip of the spear kind of take that initial brunt and probably not going to go anywhere because you have the stones and armor so just a good point to kind of suck your opponents in and then just start doing your thing yeah it's it's a little bit it feels a little bit like uh, model nine in the apex keyword it's it's super mobile super quick um can deal a lot of damage, can generate a lot of extra attacks, and just um, does her job pretty well. Yeah. And reliable, um, especially with the past tokens. It's okay. awesome, yeah. So she's kind of the beater that you like to bring. Uh, what other kind of support or main models you like bringing with uh, Yuko 1? So my core is normally consisting of Hinamatsu, and then the second is normally a Charm Warder, just to be... Um, I hear Charm Warders are pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's it's a crazy model. They have the, <laughs> they, they have the advantage of uh, the Chiangong keyword with the leverage. They have the advantages of the Mon keyword with, uh, with Honest G. G and... Every demise model sees her and just goes, "Oh no!" <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the beautiful thing about Charm Warders is there's a ton of uh, demise uh, just abilities that are going to keep models up, and you can just set it up where you just park right next to your uh, your Charm Warder, and when they die, they die. That's it. <laughs> they have exorcism for uh, the summons and as i said you you can pretty much sculpt your hand by a lot with these uh, with this crew and use the plus flips just to hope for um for for a crow yeah do you uh do you use that to kind of headhunt for some of these good summon models or just like cool i'm just gonna kill you 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, they are average speed with five, but with those lures you have in your in your crew, you can bring them up the board wherever they are needed. I'm just looking at this. I mean, it's a seven stone model, but you have all these abilities on the front of the card, which are just great. <laughs> but then all of the actions on the back are stat six, so it's like yeah, just good. <laughs> yeah, and and seven health points. That's absolutely amazing and if you're playing um with a chi token you can imagine going up to seven defense or eight willpower it's yeah they are pretty nasty okay so we got charm order we have hinamatsu uh, what else is really filling out your roster there what i really like are the kabuki warriors so just to, to still stay in the keyword um they have another lure i mean it's it's hard to find a model without lure in this keyword and they really benefit from those lures because of the great sword. Um, if they haven't taken the charge action, they just gain a plus two. It's damage flip. And what I like about them the most is they also have combat finesse and distraction. And that's just nasty when you can lure somebody into melee and then just um, have this little bubble, this little aura against willpower duels with a minus. So your opponent is punished in, in some way with the past tokens already, and then you get another minus, so he cannot cheat. And yeah, you can utilize Yuko's toolkit of, well, triggers, <laughs> because yeah. she, she's got triggers on all of the suits. And you can almost always, well, not, not always, but I would say in 50% of the time, you can choose your trigger. Um, when you've got an enemy in this distraction aura. Yeah, and I also like how just their bonus action, New Horizon, uh, I wish that I had a good model in Bayou that had that, but unfortunately it's mostly just on our uh, the lightning bugs. But being able to move people's scheme markers can be a huge deal when they're trying to do stuff. Yeah, it's any scheme marker and you just place it like anywhere. Yeah, it could be even your own, so you could even yeah. set up, you know, like a detonate or something with that. Yeah, detonate is awesome with them. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. yeah, and and they hit hard. They hit really, really hard. Um, yeah, three, four, five is nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, and if they haven't taken the charge action, it receives a plus. So yeah, yeah, I think in. that's the that's the same thing the hooded rider has, I believe. Yeah, I I think was it Lady J that all also had it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So yeah, it it can really hurt. And yeah, with combat finesse. Um, you're not cheating with this model. <laughs> it's yeah. simple. Not in melee, not with willpower. So yeah, it's it's kind of well, rough. and that honestly, that's going to keep them up against other melee crews because it's the same thing with like mature Nephilim and other models where yeah. it's like, oh, I'm going to try to hit you. Well, I, I hope you flip good because if you don't, you're just missing that attack. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's kind of um, a mixed feeling for me because you've got a lot of things to filter out your good cards but you're mm -hmm. missing some card draw yeah i'm i'm normally looking at that point for for models that can fill my hand back up okay and what i found pretty useful is um either fuhatsu if the board allows um so with his with his attack um he can just draw a card if the attack fails yeah, he's he's like a very good backline model, and after luring some models in or out of the cover, you can just go full on with Fuhatsu. 
Okay, so even post nerf of Fuhatsu, you still like Fuhatsu in some of those scenarios. Yeah, I, I still like him. I think before yep. that he was super good, and now he still has his place. Um, I, I mean, I've talked to some of the weird people, like some of the devs and stuff, and uh, just just a rule of thumb: if you're bringing a model out of keyword a lot, weird looks at that and like, okay, this is being brought too much. Like, we need to change something. <laughs> Yeah, and and I think Fuhatsu wasn't eighty percent of the lists I saw before that. Yeah. So yeah, there there had to be uh, there had something to be done. Out of all the stuff you're bringing for Yoko One, what do you think about Shoujo in Shi and Gong? Because I'll tell you, Shoujo in Tri Chi, I pretty much bring with Brewmaster Two all the time. Yeah, I'm not too much of a fan, to be honest. Um, sure. I mean, you're already getting a ton of pass tokens, so that doesn't do much for. For Yoko, but for Brewmaster, it's huge. Yeah, especially um, you can trade like uh, three potent tokens yep. for a pass token, which is kind of easy with Brewmaster, but yeah. it's super not, difficult. Not with Qing yeah, it's 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 so much to work around that I don't think it is uh, that good. I mean, she also has Biting Insult, um, which I just love on Chiyu, and uh, she brings another one. So that's pretty nice with Stat 6. The only thing I could think of is maybe if you have, like, if you know somebody's going to try to, you know, engage you heavily, I mean, you might bring Shoujo maybe just for boring conversation, just to tax them even more. Yeah, exactly. Um, boring conversation together with the Kabuki Warriors is pretty nasty. Yeah, because they're at an egg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, that just seems mean. <laughs> yeah. So so I would see her in uh, Yuko 1. That would be really nasty. You've got one less card, <laughs> then you've got the boring conversation, and then probably uh, with a Kabuki Warrior, you're under the minus. So yeah, that's that's uh, kind of nice. But with Yuko 2, I don't think I ever brought Shoujo to the table because there sure. are some other models that are pretty um, pretty nice. But with Yuko uh, 1, she can do some work. Yeah, absolutely. All right, what about some of the prettiest models in the game, but some of the cheaper models in the game with these geishas? Do you ever bring a lot of those or no? Uh, it's, 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 it's kind of mixed. They are disguised again, so that's kind of cool, but also they are health 4, and <laughs> distraction is almost not on the card because defense 4, willpower 5, and health uh, 4, they just... Yeah, they they just burst. <laughs> Normally, my my opponent yeah. doesn't give them a lot of time on the on the table. Um, well, sometimes I, you can almost just accidentally kill them. Is the thing. Yeah, sometimes sometimes I bring one because of the lure, um, and that's it. Normally, sure. you you don't see. Um, so maybe leave them in the back, maybe to like interact with one of the markers, and then. Try to lure somebody maybe off of a symbol or or um, off of uh, maybe a ley line or something. Yeah, I mean, oftentimes it is more like um, a model that um, yeah acts like some some kind of a, a pulled forward position. So I let her move once, then lure one of the other models with a good lure uh, yeah. up the board, um, just to extend my threat range for the opponent. So they normally stay out of the twelve or out of the 17 uh, inches, or, or try to get into cover or into um, concealing terrain. And then you can just extend your threat range a little bit. 
Yeah, so you almost have like this chain gang effect where it's like, I'm going to move this one up and lure this one, then that one's going to move yeah. and lure this one. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, most of the time it's Hinamatsu, right? Because yeah. <laughs> you can just go in with her. and yeah, I, Or, or I you can that. go in with her and lure her back, which is also nice. Actually, yeah, that's a really good point. You could, you know, maybe go... I mean, especially if somebody messes around and moves a model too far up, you can just go kill it and then, yeah, just lure back. Yeah. yeah. And that's something I also like to do with uh, Yuko Unseen because she can, or, or with Kunoichi. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kunoichi. Or not, not to forget the Kunoichi. Um, they are surprisingly devastating. They have this. Um, unexpected ferocity on the card with a stat 6 they can deal additional damage equal to the distracted condition and it's up to 4 so suddenly the kunoichi does min 4 damage <laughs> and that is crazy that is absolutely crazy and they don't even um, lower the distracted condition so, oh, so you keep it on there and uh, that seems good. Yeah, because Yuku Unseen, she can lower the distracted condition by up to two and have it suffer additional damage. But she's also ignoring armor. Um, but those Kunoichi, they just leave it on. <laughs> so yeah, Kunoichi are, are a crazy toolkit. In yeah, not only that, they, they have tools for the job and yeah. they have leverage too, so they can get a positive as well. That's pretty good. They have everything you could ever wish for. I bring at least one of them in all of my games with Yuka 1 and 2, um, just because of disguised, bulletproof, nihilism, tools for the job. It's, it's just... This also combination <laughs> is absolutely awesome. And they've got I've got your back. I just saw that. I was like, man, that's pretty good because it has preparations on it too, so you can give out a focus there. Yeah, they have so much going on on their and cards. I think that if, you, if you're playing a faction and you have a model that has tools for the job, I think that's automatically a model you should consider bringing because tools for the job is just good because you're drawing usually a high card off your discard pile. And then you can discard like a low, in this case, you could discard like a low tome or you could discard a low ram to get the, you know, plus damage trigger. But in this case, you could do it also for the preparation. So you're giving out a focus as well. I mean, that's just, it's super good. Yeah. And and especially with the information broker of Yuko 2, you've already three cards in your discard pile that you can bring back. Yeah. And normally that's severe cards which is absolutely, absolutely great. And <laughs> sometimes you just read over it, but they have Shuriken, a shooting action, which can go up to min three because they have unexpected ferocity on a ram there also. <laughs> so this is, yeah, those, those Kunoichi, they well, can... And it also ignores concealment, which is huge. Yeah, they, they can just go nuts. And uh, if you lure somebody out of their cover, you don't care about the concealment, so you, yeah. You know, Nick, this is a model I, well, I shouldn't say this. I looked over this keyword a lot, but this is a model where I've seen it before and I'm just like, okay, I mean, whatever. But then I start looking at it and not realizing how much distracted gets put out. I'm just like, oh, if you get a ton of distracted, this can get pretty gnarly pretty quick. Yeah, they. I think that's a model you have to play um, just to 
to to get a feeling of how good they really are for six points. I mean, they yeah. are just six points. That's because yeah, it looks solid, but you start thinking about like I, like you were saying, once you have it on the board, you start seeing kind of the scenarios it can be in, and you're like, man, this is really good in a lot of situations with Yogo. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, I I just love the Konoichi. They okay. are they are crazy good. All right, I think the last one in the keyword that I really have a question about because I kind of like them, but I don't know if they're really good is the Bunraku. Do you ever bring a lot of those, or are they kind of like eh. <laughs> the Stebity Step puppies? The uh, puppets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're puppets, so they got to be fun. Yeah, yeah. For me, they are kind of risky because the disappear like, like risky maneuvers. That <laughs> yeah, <they're> kind of <laughs> like risky maneuver, risky maneuver to bring them, um, because it's the same slot for the same cost as the Kunoichi, and you just heard how much I love the Kunoichi. So oh yeah, it's kind of they don't hard. do nearly as much as that model does. Yeah, but um, they can be good from time to time to just counter the opponent's uh, scheme runners. I can see that. They've got Brutal Blade, uh, so they can give out stun, which is kind of nice. Um, but still, it's a defense 5, willpower 4 model, which only goes to defense 7 when you can activate your defense trigger, which is built yeah. in, but um, against blasts or against uh, simple duels or against something that just ignores uh, that it's kind of hard to bring them and as i said it's six points so i prefer the kunichis because oh i i don't know i i think i just butchered the the name of them um <laughs> i just love bringing kunichi because they are a bit slower yes but they have tools for the job and they always yeah, they just, it something. just seems they have a lot more to help your crew out yeah they, they just always do something it's not like the spunraku when i pick them sometimes they are just there they have armor one yes okay but they don't do a lot of things and their stats are also um not the best so yeah i, I prefer kunichi over of the bunraku almost all the time I don't know. I think Bunraku would be a little more interesting if they had something like maybe maybe like From the Shadows or something where it seems like you could get them up the yeah. board a little faster because then maybe they could be like, uh, you know, I'm going to get up the board and kind of stab people in the back and stuff. That might be cool, but... There are these um, at the end of the of the churn so they can they can move freely like being the puppets as they are, pulling the strings for them. Um, what's, what's yeah, the give them like on the move or something. Yeah, on the move like that. Yeah, yeah so that'd be pretty that, cool. That would be cool because then they can be pretty fast and fulfill their role, I think. Yeah, and, yeah. and then I think I would consider them for six points. Yeah, I just, I think they have, that would make it where they were more interesting to take in certain matchups and pools because that would allow it. The Bunraku seems like it wants to be on its own, kind of picking stuff off. And it's just right now doesn't quite have enough for that. So I think you're right. Something like on the move might be a, something cool to add to that. But so I know you talked about uh, Fuhatsu, but was there any other out of, you know, keyword picks that you like bringing? Uh yeah, I I pretty much like um the terracotta warriors. Um, okay, even even the newly designed ones. Uh, I think I even like the newly designed ones even better. 
Okay. Um, because of the nefarious pact, they oh, yeah. um, they can bring the card you're you're missing from Yuko um, back. As I said, you've got a lot of options to sculpt your hand, but you don't have a lot of options to draw cards. Like it's it's not um, that you have infinite card draw. So I like the Terracotta Warriors a lot. And as I said, some of the models are pretty squishy. So if I can bring a Terracotta Warrior and just put it next to them, it's totally fine and it's absolutely okay. awesome. Yeah, and, and if I, and if I felt like it, uh, that a Kodoichi goes in now and does at uh, as much unexpected ferocity as possibly um, <laughs> she can do, and she goes down in the fight, um, you've got a Terracotta Warrior and you can just bring them back, or even a Fuhatsu maybe, if he's not uh, <laughs> not not hard enough to, to stay up. So yeah, I, I like the Terracotta Warriors a lot. And okay. I also love the Lone Swordsman. Okay. Because he can choose a trigger and he's got an inbuilt trigger to just generate pass tokens. So that's that's very nice for them. Okay, that's pretty decent. Yeah, he's he's also a pretty nice toolkit and he can yeah, with a tactical planning and adaptive he can he's another model that has ruthless um besides bill Orgren. hard to kill armor one pretty nice and with the tactical plannings you can just generate pass tokens which buff your crew that feeds really well into what you're doing wanting to do with that crew yeah he's, okay. he's pretty nice so most of the time i generate um, pass tokens in yuko 2 um, with him and in Yuko one I almost always choose the delay to put out slow and stuff. We've talked a lot looking at Yuko one, but what are some things you like about Yuko two? Like how how does that play a little differently and what is Yuko two trying to do as opposed to one? I mean Yuko one is more like staying in the middle of the field, um kind of frustrating. Like yeah, yeah, <laughs> kind of like a controly aspect and trying to control the middle. While Yuko two is all over the place, um, <laughs> she can she can be everywhere. She has six stats all on her card, which is absolutely amazing. But what I really love about how Weird um, designed her, she still got that backroom dealings thingy like uh, we've got evidence uh, we can blackmail you and mm -hmm. um, yeah she's she's absolutely great especially with a hidden ledger you can set up um, some of these power plays where you just wait with three or four pass tokens and then go all in on one model after you used like uh, hidden ledger with mind games and that's devastating against some models She's got an absolutely great uh, attack with a stat 7, which ignores armor. And you can lower distract it to gain up to uh, 4 min damage. And if you have seen some of these uh, models with armor 2, they normally don't come with a lot of uh, HP. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I used her especially against the tailors, uh, against some of the machines from the Arcanists. And they go down pretty quickly. 
and then you can just lure back Yuko and back into Sick. Yeah, because I've been playing a lot of Outcast, so I'm just thinking of Eric, because I think Eric has eight hitboxes, so that means you're kind of killing him, you know, with two swings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty nasty. Uh, I think Taylor's has around seven, uh, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, two hits, uh, and he's gone. So, yeah. Yeah, it definitely can be really good, especially if somebody declares something like, you know, Hoffman or something where you know there's going to be armor. You're just like, cool. Well, this is gonna this is gonna suck for you. <laughs> yeah, and I think she brings something that uh, the keyword before was missing because with Yuko one, you always had to work for your pass tokens. You either yeah. go pretty elite. Um, that's also another point why I don't like the geishas because you don't get any pass tokens so easily when you put in uh, four point models, um, which naturally gives your opponent pass tokens. Yeah. And she just gives you two pass tokens. Yep. If this is the leader during the start phase, gain two pass tokens. And that's absolutely great because if you give your opponent uh, the first activation, you can activate like three models in a row at the end and you can do all kind of stuff in that time. You can fulfill two schemes at a time without any problem. yeah, you you just have the activation advantage uh, here, and you can you can do so much. Uh, I had games where I was behind like two three points, and then scored uh, three points within one turn with ease. And yeah, yeah, and you kind of glossed over this a little bit, Nick. But her bonus action with hidden ledger, I imagine there has to be some just rage inducing moments (laughs) that you have just screwed somebody over with a ridiculous reveal with that yeah yeah especially when when you use it and you just use it yeah come on let's let's use black stain because i can't set up the mind games um full force attack anyway and if you remove the 13s people get yeah pretty pretty frustrated sometimes i mean so it went when it says remove from the game, there's no way to put it back in the deck, correct? I don't think so, except if you are Dreamer. Yeah, so it's like, are you Dreamer? No? Well, nope. cool, you just I don't, don't get that card anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's pretty nasty. I mean, do, do you like do you not like having friends, Nick? Like, why would you do that to people? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've got friends who are, who are pretty tolerant with the frustration limit, so... Fair. Yeah, uh, he, I I had to suffer um, under him with thirty three and Terra, so he can suffer a bit back from the hidden ledger. That's fair. So uh, yeah. mind games also doesn't seem like a great time. I I read that and I'm just like, well, that also seems terrible. Mind games is the power play when yeah. when you set up the mind games, um, especially if you if you look at this action, there is no resist, so you just need a five. <laughs> And then good. go at it. Um, yeah, if if you want to have the power play, then you just go with the mind games and um, try to eliminate one of the opponent's models. Yeah, because, oh. I mean, you you get rid of the good cards, but then you put some crappy cards on top, right? And then you're just yeah. like, cool, now I'm going to punch you. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely amazing. And it's speci- specifically, it says, uh, when resolving, set aside up to three revealed cards. So it ha- doesn't have to be off that one suit. So you're pretty free. Yeah. And it's absolutely amazing to 
just set it up. And then you've got Yuko with 3 AP. So 3 cards, 3 AP, here we go. Backstab. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, if you don't have the cards in hand, your model might be dead. Yeah. And with all the simple duels, we remember all of these TN13 willpower duels and stuff oh, yeah. to get distracted on them. Or most of the time, people don't want their models to be lured. I don't know why, but <laughs> they it's don't. Like, know. I don't want to go over there. Stop trying to make me go over there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so I imagine you've also been in some of these just ridiculously hilarious times where. You know, you lure a model, then they do something to drag it back, yeah. then you lure it back, and then they try to drag it back again. <laughs> the, the best thing is when they use obey, where I use lure. That's yeah. that's the best possible outcome for these countermeasure thingies, because I've got normally around three to four models with lure. And oh, yeah. Yeah, the opponent has normally not, not that much uh, obey. Yeah, and they can only obey them once, essentially. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, cool, I'll just lure it back. <laughs> And yeah, and, and especially what I think stands out here from Yuko Unseen is the Whispered Lies. Um, okay. This, this, uh, the, the first games I played with her, I almost ignored it. But later on, when you realize how much potential this ability has, it's, yeah, like super interesting. And sometimes I'm wondering why people don't play Yuko on tournaments. Maybe it is because it's kind of complex and you have to set up a bit, like yeah. um, gather the evidence for them and then yeah, blackmail them and stuff. But uh, Whispered Lies, with a distracted condition of two or more, with an aura four, you can just do uh, choose um, anyone's suit. And that yeah, brings you a suit of your choice in there. Yeah, and, and that brings us back to the Kunoichi. <laughs> because of the unexpected ferocity. So they have distracted two. You can choose the suit. Here we go. Unexpected ferocity, min four damage. And you, I mean, you can do once per activation. But uh, normally with tools for the job, you probably have another high card that you want. And you can just yeah. deal eight damage. Um, to yeah, I've, that's definitely powerful because I was playing. Uh, I was playing Big Hat in a tournament we recently played in, and I played uh, Somer Two, and I brought the uh, White Rabbit Company, and they have a similar ability. Theirs is if they're within uh, three of two other Big Hat models, they can get a suit of their choice for one one action that turn. So or that activation, and. The fact that you can do that with your whole keyword, your whole yeah. crew, yeah, it's pretty uh, well. It's Chi and Gong, so you can't do it with your first tiles, but still pretty good. Yeah, and if you imagine the Lone Swordsman has this adaptive thing anyway, so he chooses a suit, and then the Chi and Gong can choose the suit, and Fuatsu yeah. gains a plus flip, so he's he's all set up. And with Hinamatsu, you can guarantee one additional onslaught trigger. So yeah, that's that's kind of crazy. It, it it gets powerful pretty pretty quickly, and then you have all those little stuff, all those little shenanigans that you can do. Like um, we we talked about this this little triggers with galvanize, for example, um, which gives focus. You have it on the Kunichi, You have it on Bill Algren. You have so much stuff that has like some kind of nice trigger to it and if you can just use it 
it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, there's a lot of little things going on with Yoko Unseen's card too, because as far as just survival abilities, Slippery and Stealth don't seem huge, but the fact that you have to be base to base with her just to hit her with a melee attack is huge. Yeah. Yeah, you have to be base to base and then you can lure the, her um just just a tiny bit like a millimeter away from <laughs> that and then you ju just stay there and big models who are normally the beaters just um yeah. are in front of her and sometimes you just cannot place another model next to them because not all of the models are flying or incorporeal and then Yuko's safe even though she stands directly in front of another beater do you find yourself at times, because even if you're not stabbing people, which is stat 7, by the way, we probably overlooked that. Stat 7 is pretty good if you haven't heard, uh, especially when you're trying to kill stuff. And I actually, I'm looking at gather intel, and that's pretty, yeah. pretty good. Yeah, she also has like like um, two modes. You can either go Yuko all in with her, or you can just sit back and play a little bit like uh, Yuko 1 and just use your models to to go in before uh, yuku gets into the action well because i mean i'm just imagining like gather intel you can push like hinamatsu up the board yeah if you get hinamatsu you know basically what is it enemy models within two got to pass a willpower dueler get distracted and then not only that you could then take a melee with Hinamatsu, or you can drop a scheme for, I don't know, detonate charges. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And especially with those pass tokens, you, you gathered over the course of the game or over yeah. the course of the turn. Um, even if you got like two or th maybe three models, but, but two is oftentimes the case. You just lure her forward, you just push her in, and then you can use her, um, her zero action uh, aggressive stance for another simple duel for distracted i i can imagine that if you want there's no reason hinamatsu cannot be engaged in killing stuff turn one just with all the lures you could lure up you can you know she has a six inch rush so that's nine inch threat there and you have this five inch push that you can just push in any direction so <laughs> hinamatsu you know if you want it to be a missile it can be a hinamatsu missile uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it can only be once per activation, but yeah. it's still absolutely fine. So absolutely awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's yeah, kind of kind of crazy. And I think those those options of switching gears and looking for the right opportunity makes her pretty complex, but on the other hand, it's like a toolkit for almost every situation. Yeah, um, those masters are so powerful, though. I, I've been playing a lot of Von Schill and just the flexibility of his keyword. Yeah. This is reminding me a lot of that, where it's just there's so many yeah. modes and so many directions you can take it that it really is powerful once you start honing it in. Yeah, I mean, Von Schill now with his second iteration, he has so much potential. Um, oh, yeah. And giving out all of these upgrades and, and using the, utilizing the shockwaves and, yeah. I, yeah, I actually, I didn't think I was going to like two as much as one. But the fact that for free, you're just kicking, you know, your upgrades back eight inches. I, I've just found myself going in, doing damage, kicking a bunch of upgrades back to my, you know, other powerful models and... Yeah, it's been pretty pretty good so far. Yeah. 
And, so. and 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 what kind of plays exactly into this uh, switching gears thing is also the information broker, because it's it's once per turn you can discard up to two cards and choose an equal number of non-Joker cards. So you can just discard two cards and pick up two other cards from the discard pile, which come in handy pretty nicely for example in in games where it's pretty close and you need to win the initiative but had to use the pass tokens for example to um just dish out damage in the last turn so you can just uh, cheat in the 13 say yeah um want the initiative now and if your opponent doesn't have another 13 or pass tokens or anything like that you can just pick it right up and go with it and okay that's, that's pretty nice so what pools so let's start with strategies what strategies are you looking that you like dropping yoko either version into so what are some of the pools you've really enjoyed dropping uh qi and gong into so um what i found pretty useful here so so turf war is not always easy let's let's start with the with the strategies that are not as easy sure. um with her it's yeah, it, it kind of can be um, pretty difficult to yeah, stick on, yeah, to, to just let these models survive. Um, yeah. So there are some very squishy models, and especially, um, as we said, Chiu, she's not insignificant. Yeah. So that can be a problem sometimes. <laughs> sometimes you'll see models in Turf War running after this poor little girl. Yeah, sometimes I just wish she was insignificant. Um, that's what—that's one of the funny things about Turf War is when you have a model like that that is really a liability, you almost just run them into a quadrant that you don't control. That way it's just like, if you kill her, fine, she's over there. <laughs> yeah, and, and she give you uh, she can give you two pass tokens. So she, she even does something when she's on the opponent's table half. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Tur Turf War can be sometimes a little bit difficult but but i uh, when i start a new master and in this case i um just love the aesthetics of the chi and gong and i play every single strategy with them no matter what for a couple of weeks just to get to know each uh sure. yeah, strength and and each disadvantage they also bring uh with them um well, yeah, well, I think that's also just to interrupt you briefly here, Nick, actually, but I think that's a good way to go about it because not only are you finding what they're good at, but you're seeing like, okay, this is a real struggle. I need to not put them in that situation. Yeah. So that can be kind of, kind of difficult. And with turf war, your opponent isn't forced to go to your table side. Yeah. Which slows the game down by a lot. Uh, which makes your lures a little bit worse because they can almost choose where to go and where they want to dodge the lures. So yeah, Turf War is, is something I wouldn't be that happy to drop Yuko in. Uh, yeah. Um, Break the Line is kind of fine. Uh, Pun yeah. not intended. <laughs> no, <right. laughs> um, yeah, but you've got you've got strategy markers. Um, you can you have as your goal, and you can use your lures to position well. And yeah, I I, I like break the line because you've got a very mobile crew. 
and with Yuko jumping around, you can do pretty much um, all of the strategy markers with, with her while also delivering those passive abilities she brings uh, to the crew, like the two pass tokens and the whispered lies. So is it better in a lot of those strategies and pools then? So do you feel like it's better Yoko does well in when almost the engagement's forced in a certain spot? Like break the line, you know we're going to meet on the middle line and try to fight over these markers? Mm, yeah, when, when there is something that the players have to go for. So we can uh, transfer that to uh, symbols of authority also. Mm -hmm. um, it's I, I think I, I love playing Symbols of Authority um, with Yuko because it's such a mobile crew and you can lure people away from those uh, strategy markers. And um, sometimes, or not, not sometimes, but oftentimes, people have something like bodyguards for their symbols. And you can just say, come on, get over here. <laughs> Look at those. No, guys you, you don't really need to guard that symbol. You need to go over there. <laughs> go over there, watch the show. The Kabuki Warriors are putting something up. And then you can just sneak in and yeah, just just um, use so your symbols. I, I can see that you got a good defense there. What are you using to go get the symbols in that situation? Um. Funny enough, most of the time it's Yuko herself because okay. of the movement six, so the unseen version. Yeah, the unseen version, of course. Um, and and that's she's super fast with eighteen inches, uh, which I like pretty much. Hinamatsu is also pretty fast with move six, um, but normally I use her kind of like, uh, yeah, like like uh, fire and forget. And if she goes low, she goes for skimming. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's kind of thing. I also love the Dawn Serpent for those kind of things. Flying. Yeah, Dawn Serpent's quick too. Yeah, flying. Um, what about the uh, Winudo? Nice Sorry? What about the Winudo, the uh, fire wheel? Yeah, he's he's not to, something to, to forget about. Um, he's also pretty fast. And yeah, he <laughs> spreads burning. Uh, which can app pretty quickly with the Dawn Serpent and the Shadow Emissary, I think. Does yeah. she also give out burning? Yeah, yeah. I just switch those two dragons up sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when you do is also pretty nice um, because I don't think there is a model that can follow him. I don't think there is. Uh, maybe maybe the lucky emissary in Bayou. There's not a lot. Yeah, it's the lucky emissary in Bayou, and before the nerf, it was uh, BB and Calypso. Yeah, I think um, Vernon and Wells can follow them probably, but um, I mean, they... you could also probably something like Zip could, but you don't want to <laughs> walk with Zip. So yeah, if 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 you're committing Zip for a Wendudo, then I'm yeah. totally fine with that. And yeah, with <laughs> with all the lures, Wendudo gets even faster oh so, yeah for sure yeah but i like the dawn serpent a little bit more because um she can also deal uh, deal a lot of damage if if need be and yeah. it's hard to kill and is flying i mean when you do ignores uh, models but uh she can just ignore all of the terrain and stuff i imagine with all the lures and stuff and some of the movement that you have 
I mean, corrupted ley lines is probably pretty decent a lot of times too with this crew. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, again, it is about strategy markers and going for them. Um, and with the with the lodestones, you can pretty much anticipate where they are going to be next. And if an opponent doesn't uh, concentrate on where the lodestone currently is or brings it into position um for the end of the turn and you got some pass tokens left and just uh, pull them out and then you lure them away from those strategy markers yeah which can be also pretty frustrating <laughs> for the opponent to trying to get this lodestone on the strategy marker and he's always getting away lured back from the strategies yeah. Yeah, and that can get pretty uh, pretty frustrating when you can't do your thing and you're just like, why won't you go let me do my thing? <laughs> it, it's like almost, I, I almost had it. I almost had it. And then there was this beautiful woman doing this dance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so oh. Corrupted Ley Lines is, um, I would say Corrupted Ley Lines is the best strategy for, for Yuko. For me, what yeah, I, I I'd imagine that experience, too. Um, what I found found one of the best strategies. Yeah. Okay. So, what are some schemes that you're like? Okay, these kind of look like Yuko schemes. Um, we've seen that probably things like detonate charges are probably pretty yeah. decent. Yes. Anything where you can manipulate movements probably pretty good too. Yeah. Funny. Funny enough, claim jumps pretty nice. Because if anyone wants to engage your model in the middle, you can just lure them away, or lure you them can, away. <laughs> or, or you can use your pass tokens just to position your model um, in this way that all of these um, requirements are fulfilled. So yeah, claim jump is is a pretty nice strategy. I would always consider at least. Um, yeah, v vendetta can be pretty nice. Um, okay. Because Probably like running Vendetta with uh, Vendetta with the Konoichi. <laughs> Man, we keep coming back to that model, don't we? Yeah, because it's it's just a six point model. So you've got a vast array of models you can a go. A lot for. of stuff you can kill, and yeah. not only that. So I found Vendetta can it. People need to be a little more. They need to think a little bit more carefully into Vendetta. Because I found somebody will pick Vendetta, but it's like, oh, you just have melee attacks, so I can kind of keep away from you. The Kenochi, yeah. though, they have the 8-inch range and a melee attack, so it's kind of hard to avoid them. Yeah, yeah, and they can deal, as we mentioned, uh, they, they've got the trigger for unexpected ferocity on both of them. Yeah. With tools for the job, so you just discard a low ram and you're fine. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I like um, Vendetta pretty much, especially. Ooh, what about uh, what about hidden martyrs with your little uh, Geo girl? <laughs> yeah, that's. Like, that's you want a thing. killer? Have her. Yeah, that's that's kind of a funny thing because um, she's like four points, and then you can just put in like Hinamatsu. <laughs> yeah. Something, and it goes like. Yeah, here we go, straight ahead, um, Hinamatsu doing her job. And if she deletes a model that costs uh, at least a little bit more than herself, that's absolutely fine. And then you've got hidden yeah. markers and Geo's somewhere at the table edge 
uh, a little bit like you run away or <laughs> in the corner cowering. Yeah, I've uh, I do the same thing with Earl with Zip a lot of times because everybody tries to kill Earl because he's a scheme runner. So they're like, oh, cool, let's just get him out of the way. Yeah. So as long as you don't lose him turn one, you're gonna usually get at least one point off that. Yeah. And and sometimes if people just try to ignore Hinamatsu, it can be de pretty devastating. Um, mm. But if they have options like stunned or slow yeah. or something like that, um, then I just um, throw Chiyo in and just say, "Oh, I want to <laughs> like like oh, I really need those pass tokens really really badly." And then Chiyo is almost always uh, dead because it's like a one-two hit for almost all models the opponent brings. Um, so hidden matters is also something to consider especially with geo not being insignificant and then other ones i think that you could probably run somewhere in this chi and gong keyword is some of those positional schemes where it's like i think breakthrough claim jump uh catch and release and bait and switch i feel like you could do all those because you can just position people where you want um yeah breakthrough is pretty nice um, because you're just yeah fast as uh, as fast as possible with those lures. One Yudo is very good at that also, um, and outflank for me is something that I took a lot of times in the beginning, but nowadays I don't pick it as often <laughs> because. Well, I've been told that people are like you shouldn't pick outflank, but I still do it once in a while. Yeah, I, I still do it once in a while too because of Chiu <laughs> again. Because yeah. sometimes um the opponent deploys on, on one side and just goes there uh, forward uh, on, on those flank. Um, well, I, I think that people need to also think about the keyword that because outflank is a tough can be a tough one, but uh I think if you have a good keyword for it, it 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 can really take the momentum away from your opponent. Because you're for, especially in a diagonal board, I like it more because I'd bring something like Maw where the Bushwhackers can just deploy there. Yeah. Um, and in your case, your stuff's fast enough where you could just get them there. But yeah. it's, it's easy to score unless your opponent tries to commit to it. But in the case of Maw and in this case, Yuko, if somebody does try to go after it, not only are they losing momentum, but I mean, you just hit a lure to get them, you know, where it's hard for them to get over there. That that can just be problematic for them to try and counter sometimes. I think the main problem with outflank is that it can be um, so easily anticipated because you you show it normally um, pretty early, um, but with those pass tokens, you can just spread out a bit and just go around the middle. You can and use that to your these... advantage though too. I mean, have you ever? Have you ever feigned outflank to try and get your opponent to go out that way? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I was like spreading out and then the past tokens came in and then I was like, yeah, let's go for claim jump in the middle. And he was like, what? <laughs> what happened? I had, I had somebody try to do that. Um, what is that? There's a model in Rezzers where they can obey zombies to not be insignificant or whatever. Um, I can't remember the model's name, but anyways... They tried to feign by putting a couple of zombies on the corners to feign uh, outflank. And I was like, whatever, if you have outflank, you can just get it. I'm, And they're like, I didn't. I was just trying to get you to go over there. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to go waste a model on a zombie just hoping you have yeah. clean jump. 
<laughs> and and what I think is the epitome of schemes for the Yuko crew is bait and switch. Okay. This is just absolutely the 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 bread and butter for for Yuko. Um because you can manipulate the uh, <clears throat> the movement of the opponent and there won't be models with uh, seven seven or less in your deployment zone because it's it's yeah, like there is you you just lure them, lure them. Out. yeah lure them out um they have to go against hinamatsu first and bill algren or shadow emissary depending on on what i've brought and and yuko of course and this is just just great because you can get and and that's i think why why it is so important to have those strategy markers to go for just to know there is a goal for my opponent to go for yeah. and to lure those um models over to my side yeah and that goes back to what you said at the beginning where you're really kind of almost just playing it by ear seeing what your opponent's doing and then once you have it figured out being like okay now we're going to just ruin your entire plan yeah which which makes it also um kind of demanding because you have to think about all of these factors sure. when you are playing those 10 thunders and and yuko and yeah sometimes <laughs> you just fall for the trap and they didn't pick what you thought and yeah the plan just goes poof yeah do you like uh do you like playing in a lot of in-person tournaments nick um, I like playing in in-person tournaments, but the current situation did not really allow. So sure. um, we most of the time played played online. Uh, well, I imagine when you go to a tournament as a ten thunder player, this might be a rough crew to play round three. Yeah, because there it's so taxing mentally. I feel. Yeah, I mean sometimes we we just play games one after another, and Malifo is as it is a super complex game. Yeah. Um, and with all those card, so so you have so many angles to attack on with the distracted, with uh, all of these triggers, with those lures and movement, and with these um, yeah kind of quality cards you want to pick up with tools for the job or with yeah. Yuko and putting out all of these conditions uh, for the distracted and triggers and stuff. It's yeah, it's it's rough. So. If I'm in game three, I would, I don't know, do something like Shen <laughs> Long and just go with it. Just, Let's just go punch <laughs> things. Just throw a bunch of chi tokens um, to your enemy and say, yeah, let's go plus yeah, two. Yeah, I made that mistake in the last, well, I didn't make that mistake. I, I told myself I was going to play uh, Somer 2 in two rounds of the tournament we played a, a week or so ago. And it was round three against Cody, which he's one of the better players in the States. And I was like, I, I'm still throwing this down. And he brought this double master nonsense and just beat the bejesus out of me. And I'm just like, yep, I should have just played something that punched things. <laughs> Next time, Ma. <laughs> I love Ma. Ma's a great go-to for any time, any time. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I can see that. But uh, what are some things in a game against when you're playing uh, Chi and Gong that are you found are are just good counters against her or you just don't like seeing because you're like this is going to be bad i i brought yoko and this is going to be troublesome the most obvious thing is english ivan and the dua because everything is that because all the uh, concealment happening. yeah that 
it's it's about the consumer and um, they use distracted justice as their resource, and that's okay. horrible. <laughs> that's... Yeah, so you're putting out distracted, and they just are like, "Cool, thanks for the extra pluses." <laughs> that's absolutely horrible. That's that's one thing I found very very hard to play against. You can just do the pass token thingy but um there there's so much you can benefit from uh, from the distraction that you always have the feeling that there's something missing like you don't get the trigger because they have no distraction um or they have uh, no they have the distraction but they use it to their advantage and normally they just put it out as as fast as possible so you never yeah. get distracted too um so they can utilize your resources and it's often a, uh, like a rush who uses the distracted who gets answer. to use the distracted first yeah <laughs> so it, it is kind of an interesting game anyway but yeah it's 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 rough it's rough especially when english ivan starts summoning oh yeah yeah, that's. I mean, that's... I mean, he got nerfed, but the summons are still good. Uh, yeah, the Brock inspectors aren't auto like they're not automatically the best summon now as they were. They're still great, but yeah, the even the uh, Davas and the little shadow cats are just good. Yeah, the the Davas are something that Davas um, are so dumb. Ugh. Yeah, they they are so good, especially if I'm you, like, why is it? It's like what defense six, stat six. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty nice, especially when you put it on something with leap. <laughs> you always yeah. have to do a simple duel. Well, um, that was the problem I was having because um, I was playing a lot of Bayou when Chris was hot and heavy into it, and I would do like. You know, I do like scampers and I do this. And then he's like, cool, pass the test. And I'm like, so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of annoying. Yeah, but that's that's pretty rough um, to play against English Ivan. What about uh, what about range attacks in general? Do you find sometimes guns can be problematic for your crew? It can be. It, it can be sometimes, especially when they have 12-inch uh, guns which is the same range as the lure that that makes it a bit difficult or some snipers yeah um but you've got nice options against that um against first of all the konrichi they are bulletproof one <laughs> yeah there they are again yeah bill algren gives cover uh shadow emissary can do something against that so you get concealment i think right yeah so um it's it's pretty okay ish okay. i would say um and especially with your crew you are fast enough to gain into cover uh, to use the consumer on the table yeah it's it's not too bad and if they are range 8 they are almost into uh, my crew anyway because of the lure. um so, <laughs> the danger zone yeah so that's that's pretty much um fine especially with range 8 and and 10 is also okayish because Hinam Hinamatsu just offers a 9 inch threat range yep <laughs> so, uh, that's that's kind of okay and normally uh, things that shoot well are not so good against a, a, <laughs> a swinging puppet with uh, meta blades turns out yeah what what i also found pretty nasty is Euripides the old one eye especially because He's like, doesn't matter <laughs> if you want to have my simple duels uh, be 
put down here. I don't care anyway because I've got the rune tokens and I will manipulate as much as you do. How frustrating is it when you're playing against old one eye and he's like, cool, let me look at top two cards. Oh, there's a 13, trash it. Yeah. Makes me want to punch Euripides players in the face. Yeah, it's 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 kind of rough. It's kind of rough. And then they uh, just get, it's like, cool, you damaged me now. I got more rune tokens now. I'm going to look at your deck again. I just, like, stop touching my cards. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it is because he only got one eye, but those big, gigantic savages, they are not easily distracted. <laughs> they are... Maybe because he's just... I don't know, maybe they're too stupid to be distracted by geishas. I don't know. <laughs> oh, look at this beautiful gown. No, meat, stone. <laughs> I don't like, know. I can use that as a napkin as I eat your bones. It's Yeah, it's it's pretty pretty rough. Well, and the ice pillars can also be a problem, just, you know, because that can prevent movement into areas they don't want to go, and it also can prevent you from getting into areas you want to go. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then they do something with these incorporeal, tri incorporeal tricks yeah. and just avalanche it into just, your ju just jumping out of the ice. Uh, yeah. Dune can put your stuff in ice. And th that is about the quality of flips because uh, he's got the rune tokens. He will get it over and over oh, yeah. and over and over again. While I got a small amount of pass tokens, which I don't <laughs> want to use for an avalanche or something like that. Yeah, right. So, um, and they don't have uh, that big of a health bar normally. Yeah, so. if 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 people that are listening to this haven't played against just Euripides in general, but yeah, obviously two is is really good. But just Thune putting your crap in ice, you got to have some kind of almost range ability to destroy that. Because Thune's going to bodyguard it, so or you know they they could also put you in ice, and then they do have the ability to move ice pillars. Yeah, just push so it away. They, yeah, if they just push it away, now it's like, how am I going to get this model out of ice? Because yeah. <laughs> if you don't destroy it with another model, you're stuck there the rest of the game. I think Thune is some kind of curator, and he just puts <laughs> together those things and have a nice ice museum. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's also pretty harsh to play against but sure. uh yeah and, and especially you've got you've got options to ignore armor and and go around it and they just are huge chunks of health bars walking around they also have extended reach which makes it harder to to come by but what i found here is hinamatsu um they, they can get lured and then hinamatsu just goes slash 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 yeah just go at it yeah i imagine something else that might be problematic for this crew is uh things with like uh, abilities like planted roots or leadline co where you can't be moved i mean do you find those sometimes problematic as you're working with your crew um you you can adapt there pretty okay. pretty quickly because if your opponent has to do something to not get lured then I'm already happy because he spent AP or, or cards or something um, for not getting lured, while I just walk forward and lure my my, my own models um, forward. So that is that's fine. That's that's a small win for me, I, I think. Yeah, but but hyper aggressive crews they can be um, sometimes a little bit problematic, especially if they can just 
go at the models that you need or want as support. So, so maybe like a like a Nakima S crew. Yeah, N- Nakima, uh, especially because of the black blood, they just yep. fly in and uh, black blood, <laughs> black blood and Hinamatsu, not the best friends. Have, have you played against Nakima too yet? Uh, no, I haven't. No, I haven't. But, I actually, I've seen Chris play it a couple times now, and it's just it's. It, to me, it's more interesting um, because this version of Nakima isn't like, I'm going to go kill you and rip your face off. Uh, it's more of kind of like Ulix where you kind of grow up, you know, into the matures. So it kind of has a lot of interesting playability where it's throwing these matures in your face, has some kind of pulse uh, shockwave abilities, can heal and draw a bunch of cards. Hmm. It's definitely more interesting in my opinion, but it's soup. It's just... It's so aggressive. It's it just in your face, just trying to eat you, and got to be ready for it because that can be brutal. Yeah, what what I found sometimes a little bit hard is uh, the Victoria Chambers. No matter if one or two, but if you've got Lua and they want to get into melee as fast as possible, it's <laughs> you're like, only helping them. <laughs> huh, I don't want to lure my models. I don't want to lure your models. Maybe we just I, split I apart. love I love Twin Blades. That is one of my favorite titles that came out of Outcast. It's just because the combat maneuvers where you can just like slingshot models six inches up. Yeah. Like so good. Yeah, and, and again with bladed flourish, there is a lot of simple duels, which Yuko does not like that much. Yeah. Um, because yeah, you you've you've only got your cards and you can increase their quality, but you cannot like draw all of them yeah. that you want. Um, yeah, so they are kind of problematic. Yeah, I think that that was one of the most problematic masters. Yeah, N- Nelly is an interesting thing. <laughs> Nelly is like oh, okay, Nelly. let's. Put out these distracted focus conditions stunned slow <laughs> everywhere, and it's it's just a huge uh, huge amount of information you have to. to I I gotta sit down and play Nelly because there's so much going on there, and I almost just hate her because she reminds me of like a newsie, and I'm just <laughs> like, she just reminds me of like an annoying journalist that just won't leave me alone. I don't know. <laughs> I just can't get past her. <laughs> yeah, but, but those games, they get complicated. I they bet they do, man. There's a lot of things going on with yours, and then I can imagine hers just doing all her dumb nonsense. <laughs> yeah, what, what's pretty nice is uh, anything that uh, puts down, like, terrain markers and stuff, like, mm-hmm. like pit traps, and uh, they are affected by it because Lua does so much <laughs> against that. Yeah, I, I imagine myself getting very angry when you lure my models into pit traps, and I'm just like, ugh, why? Yeah. If it isn't this test subject, it's uh, Maw, really yeah. nasty. It's like, ah, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's kind of kind of cool. Oh, and Maxine. I mean, the EVS is uh, with, a, with a second iteration of Maxine. Uh, mm-hmm. has gotten something like a little bit more play now and yeah they they can just win the game uh, of cards because they just go over and over and over with reconfigurability um, yeah. which is also demanding 
in, in tournament games, etc. But if you can do it well, it's pretty strong. It's it's very strong, and and everything, almost everything, feels like a nine. So yeah, and, and I will say that that was one of the things that I didn't like, and that ten, at least Ten Thunders has an option for is you look at Maxine too, and you're like, well, I could kill her, but then she just pops up on the center line wherever she wants. So it was frustrating the last time I played against yeah. her. Yeah, and, and that's why I think in my core, there's all, always one Charm Water. Um, yeah. Because they do stuff for your crew anyway. They they are not bad models. And if you're facing summons or demise abilities, they are just extraordinary. Well, Nick, we got a lot of stuff down here, but was there any last-minute thoughts or ideas that you had for uh, for the Qi and Gong keyword? Uh, I would say give the Qi and Gong a chance. I don't think I have seen a lot of Qi and Gong in tournament play, but with some practice, I think it's um, oh, yeah. a pretty nice keyword to to play as. And also, we, we also said it's it's very demanding, but if you just need a minute or two, just use a pass token and think about your next move, which can speed up the process by a lot. And yeah. Yeah, give gives the questions back to your opponent. And last minute scheming is the thing that she does very well. And yeah, yeah. as I said, aesthetic wise, it's absolutely gorgeous models that were created there. And yeah, the problem if, with, if the, you with the love paint. doing freehand paint yeah. jobs. This is a beautiful crew to do freehand with. That that is kind of a problem because I want to play her crew, <laughs> and I want to paint the gowns with freehand, uh, especially those those um, flower stuff oh, and, yeah. and so on. And with the airbrush, you can do a lot of stuff on the gowns and transitions and stuff. And yeah, that. That eats up a lot of time, but when you look at it at the end, it's absolutely fabulous. Yeah, I, I painted Hinamatsu, and I did. Uh, I gave her actually a lot of time TLC because I did a lot of wet blending. So I had, I think I did pink, yellow, and green for her cloak oh, and stuff. Yeah, it was. It looks really good. Yeah, it, it's worth it. It is. Yeah, it's it's an absolutely fun keyword to play, and. <laughs> If you've got some friends that have a high frustration tolerance, so uh, you should definitely try it out. Yeah. And don't forget about the Kunuichi. You will be yeah. surprised how good they really are. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, besides looking at uh, the Chi and Gong, Nick, was there anything that you wanted to plug or just you know give a shout out to before we uh, get on up out of here? Just a little shout out to the German community. Um, I hope a lot of them are listening to the podcast. And yeah, a good shout out to all of Malifaux players because I hope uh, the time has come just to play some in some some real life tournaments again. Oh yeah. Um, after a long drought, which I think Word has uh, softened up quite a lot with the new masses coming out and the options. Uh, you got to play online because yeah, a couple of years ago we couldn't have that opportunity, <laughs> and I'm yeah, super happy to play in person again. Yeah, I definitely appreciate playing in person, uh, and I'm glad that, especially in the southeast of the United States and a lot of places around the country, are finally doing events again. So, um, 
yeah, it's just, it's exciting. There's a lot of cool stuff that's out, a lot of new things that you can try out. So definitely appreciate you coming on and enlightening us with this, uh, this Chi and Gong crew. Yeah, thanks. It was an absolute pleasure. I had a lot of fun, and yeah, maybe maybe yeah, some I, people will. I always pick have up. a lot of love for the uh, for the Germans because I used to play a lot of Guild Ball. So I always talked to a lot of the German people about Guild Ball because there was yeah. a huge, huge following of Guild Ball in Germany. Yeah, absolutely. I was like on a two monthly basis playing, uh, organizing Guild Ball tournaments. Yep, and yeah. We had we had a lot and WTC and yeah, such a such a great game. Yep, yeah, and I think uh, I love that a lot of the Guild Ball crew definitely found their way to Malifaux because I just think it like Guild Ball. It's a super competitive game. If you get your reps in, you can definitely win with pretty much almost any keyword. If you just play it well, you can win games with. So that's why I really enjoy Malifaux. Yeah, absolutely. That's the the fun thing is I started with Malifaux and then went to Guild Ball and did it like uh, parallel and then went back to Malifaux more intensely yep. again. All right. Well, I I, I appreciate you coming on and uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't want to play Ten Thunders, but every time I talk about Ten Thunders, I'm like, ah, oh, that's really cool, man. And I mean, you got Hinamatsu painted already, so... I, I do actually have... Uh, I did buy the Chi and Gong keyword just because Chris and I made it a point to just have every keyword. That way, if we wanted to play and test stuff out, we could. So, you know, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. It's not uh, not impossible. I'm, I'm on the outcast kick, though, right now. I'll stay there for a little bit, at least <laughs> until uh, September. <laughs> yeah, maybe but, maybe give Chien Gong a try and and oh, let's yeah. have a look if Kunoichi are really as good as I praised them to be. <laughs> you know, and after uh, after Nova, which is a big con convention in DC here, after that, I probably will look at a new keywords and faction. So I might look into Ten Thunders just to. I mean, it, there's been a lot of good players playing Ten Thunders right now, so it's a good time to play them. Yeah, you you see them in the tournaments quite regularly, um, in the top three or five places. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes even soloing a master like Shenlong, I saw. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we have a Shenlong solo player here. Shenlong's fun. <laughs> well, I appreciate it again, Nick. And uh, until next time, though, everybody, make sure that you guys are flipping cards, flipping tables, and we will see y'all next time. Bye-bye.